DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce, get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call them at 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. So the question of the morning, how, uh, why, what is going on with all the hate on the NBA? And a lot of it is politics. We've gotten a lot of those answers. Danny, you're going to get a bunch of conservatives who are going to answer political answers. Well, that's true. But then we also got Robert who said, you know, rigging all-star teams. And I told you before the break, <laughs> this guy gave us a list. I mean, he got into it. I knew that. That's why I stopped betting on the all-star game. Because it was rigged. <laughs> I stopped watching. <laughs> there, there's just all-star games just don't do it for me. There's just too many games on TV now. There's too much, too much stuff that's really competitive and way more fun. Robert's got a whole list here. Number one. There is no love for the game. Ooh. Totally disagree. I told you before the break. Totally disagree. I think in order to be great... You've got to love the game. Yes. Because you have to put in the time. And and that is a lot of time. And if anything... And I know everything gets said for a reason, right? Everybody's got agendas. There's a long list of them. Near the top is always money, right? Uh, But... There's just a certain basic. You just sometimes the truth is hidden in plain sight, and when you hear uh, when you hear jazz coaches or front office executives say that um, you know we need organic improvement, we need internal improvement. That means it's important. That means long hours in the gym. And we see it with Joe. Everybody loves Joe. And just one little simple thing: the catch above the forehead. Neck. Yeah, right. And to see that obviously. That can only be acquired through practice yes, and repetition. And you have got to love it if you're going to put in that much time. Yeah. And you can't fake it. And no, you can't. Everybody will figure you out. Not just good front offices and good coaches will figure you out. The mediocre ones will. Even the bad ones will. Like People know if you're putting in the time or not. And you got to love it to put in the massive amount of time. The right. strength and the conditioning coaches, and that, this isn't just a pro thing. You can go to Utah or BYU or Utah State or Weber State. They know if you're in the weight room or not. And they know how hard you work when you're there or if you're standing around talking. Right. See, for me, my problem is I was always last in the gym and first to leave. <laughs> limited, your, limited your growth potential there. <laughs> so I, some of these things uh, I get, and I'm... I get the criticisms, but they don't love the game. I, I, I can't go there. I cannot go there whatsoever Yeah, because I believe that there is a ton there, of love for the game. That's there, why they're good. There are athletes who are lightning rods, and we've certainly seen it with uh, somebody like Tim Tebow, and people love him or people hate him. Like, you got to love the game to try to go back and play it at a different position in your 30s. Bronson Kafusi, we just the had competition on. of it. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, try. You're only 30 years old in terms of Bronson, so uh, you may be out the door, but give it a shot. If right. you're out the door, you're out the door. And same thing with Tebow. Uh, if he doesn't make it, he doesn't make it, but who's going to fault him for trying? Yeah. Uh, Two, players are a bunch of bleeps. Robert, you know I can't say that word on the air. Well, usually uh, we take that off. You can delete that if it's profanity on Facebook. Three, all sports should be held accountable for their actions. I think they are. Yeah. Sports not being held accountable for their actions? 
What, I, or does he? Or does he mean like players get in trouble and then they're just if they're good enough they're back and they're not held well, accountable? I mean that's the truth. It's the old Kevin McHale line: axe murderer by day, NBA yeah. star by night. But at the same time, is that I, any I, different I, than any other line yeah, of work? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, if you're a top salesperson, Whatever. you have more latitude yeah. than someone who's the lowest. Every business has its line. Yeah, and that's determined by the individual business that you can or can't cross. But do you think that it's just conservatives who are sick of the politics? Do you think there's any liberals who are saying, you know, I really want my sports to be entertainment? Is it just yes. a conservative issue? I think it's mostly. I think. Okay, I, think mostly, if it's, I, would, I would agree with that if because, it's, uh, because it's going against your politics. Exactly, so you're going to but disagree I, with it because it's against your politics. I absolutely think that there are liberals who are exhausted by politics the last. That's few what I'm years, saying. Who who yeah. are like, I just want to turn it on for the game. Right. But I also think that if that's what you want, that's pretty easy to negotiate. You know when most of the political stuff is going to happen, and you know I look at the ratings. I could tell you I don't, but you know I do. And people show up to games late. Not just, hey, they get to Dodger Stadium in the third inning. That's a huge cliche in Southern California. And they leave in the seventh. But TV in Utah, a game starts at 6 or 7 or 8 o'clock or whatever, and the ratings are still picking up at 8.30. Even people who want to watch the whole game don't watch the whole game. If you turn the jazz game on and it's 10 to 6, I mean, yeah, you may have missed a great dunk and Rudy may have already blocked a shot, but you haven't missed the best of the competition. And so as far as missing the anthem or whatever people are wearing during the introduction of the starting lineups or during the anthem or while they're in the layup line, that, that's all gone. There are plenty of people turning on TV with seven minutes left in the first quarter. Okay. Yeah, so well, I think that... A, you're right. I think there are people who are consider themselves moderates or consider themselves liberal or consider themselves completely apolitical, and they're tired too, and they don't want to hear it either, and they're exhausted by everything that's happened the last five or 10 or 15 years, to whatever point you start to get outraged by politics. But they know how to avoid it. Uh, yeah. stay, off of, stay off of social media. But it, uh, why should I? It, it because you're avoiding on, it. Well, yeah, but I'm, you know who to follow and unfollow. Okay, on that, but still, it's in your face uh, a lot. And, and to, to me, I, I'm tired of it because I view sports as nothing more than entertainment. And when I go to a, a concert, I don't want them to preach to me. I want them to play their tunes. I once heard Billy Joel say, "I'm not telling you my politics. People aren't coming to hear me." tell you my politics they're hear me they're coming to hear me play only the good die young i mean and he's made quite the living at playing only the good die young yeah. <laughs> and, and so and that's and that's what i want i don't because i don't really care what his politics are it has no difference he has every right to have his politics and it's the same thing with a movie, unless I'm going to documentary or something. I'm not looking for a speech. I'm just looking for two hours of escape. And it's the same thing for me with sports. I don't care who wins or loses. I don't care who wins or loses in a movie. Uh, I just want to be entertained, have a good time, forget about stuff, and walk out of there. And yeah, that was fun. That, that's the way I view it. And so the politics, I have to admit, I'm a little tired of it. But at the same time, I roll with it. Because unless you're doing something about it, it doesn't matter. If you, it, when Donovan Mitchell 
Did he put on a bulletproof vest one time? I think in a post game okay. interview in the bubble. That's all symbolic. But when he gives twelve million dollars to the school, that's not symbolic. That's real. Yes, it has a real impact on people. Yes, we'll never know who they are, but they're there, right? And when you give scholarships to people and they put some of the kids out there, mm. that's what I'm about. The one, I mean, all the stuff about the job, but the one thing I get really, really excited for, and I hope we continue to do it because there's been a change of ownership, is when we go to Hidden Valley on that first or second Monday in September and we do a thing for Salt Lake Community, a mm-hmm. fundraiser. Mm-hmm. That changes lives. That's what I'm about. Kenny Smith can get up and walk off the set. What the hell did that do? That was a nice, so dramatic thing as he walks off. He's going to let help the cause. Well, Kenny Smith might be doing a million things that are great that I don't know about. But all that grandstanding stuff, you put all the signs in the world you want in your yard. Great. Put them up. But go and volunteer at the school. There's two things you can do that really matter. Your time and your cash. There it is. Time is money. Yes. Those are the two things. Donovan Mitchell gave $12 million. And there might be some tax stuff, whatever. I don't know about that. That's so far out of my league. But he gave $12 million. So if he wants to do this over here, I don't care. Who cares? What difference does it make? And so he's a young kid who's trying to find his way in the world. But he gave $12 million. That's what I'm talking about. Go make a difference. And he stresses education. So we can play, and I know the NFL I read yesterday is going to play the Black National Anthem before games. Play the, play the song. Play it 25 times if you want. But if you want people who are struggling to improve themselves, go help them. Provide child care. Do things that can help them realize the value of education. Because the value of education, I am a freaking product of this. I came from a janitor. This is the difference here, is education. Did your, par- did your parents finish high school? My father did not. And your mom did? With child. Yeah. And then... <laughs> they never talked about it, but it, we figured out the math. <laughs> <laughs> had, had, that happen, had that happen with my grandparents. My parents knew and just waited, and eventually like, wait, Dad, your birthday. You know what's classic? The anniversary, but, oh... Hmm. They have been uh, gone uh, eight and seven years, right? Mm-hmm. And so my father went second, like 16 months after my mother. So my sisters, who are way older than me, I was a mistake. And believe me, a lot of people still say I'm a mistake. Hell! Because <laughs> they had another one, and he was deceased. And so they didn't think they can have one. And then years later, I come along. So when they're going through, uh, after my father, they're going through the house, and they came upon the marriage certificate. And that was the first time we knew when they got married. Oh, <laughs> I had to go. I had to go to anniversary dinners with all the extended family in San Diego for my grandparents. So I knew. No, we, but you didn't. They didn't celebrate anniversaries. Never. Oh, ever. Okay. All those years. I think I'm not 100 yeah. percent positive, but I think when I put it together, we were literally driving in the car to a dinner. Oh, and uh, my sisters laughed hysterically <laughs> when they found it because they went through. It was down in Phoenix. They mm-hmm. were there. I was. I was. On, I was in route. Uh, 
Yeah. And they were already there looking through yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, they lived it. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were going through the stuff. They found the marriage certificate, which was actually, uh, you did, did the math. So anyway, but uh, that that's what I want to see. So well, there's a, I allow them to do this other stuff because what does it matter? So there is a lot of politics here, but there's another thing. And here's the thread. And once someone mentioned it, then a lot of people mention it. I know we got to go to break here well, soon. We got time. We got Bob Casper coming up with an open championship update. Uh Brent says, I wouldn't say that I hate the NBA, but I do not love it like I used to. Since they added the freedom of movement rules, the quality of basketball has dropped. Really? I don't like it that if you breathe incorrectly on another team's star, it's a foul. I enjoy it when they used to struggle for points. Brent, you're in the minority. When the NBA Ooh, scores man. got down, it was 92-86, and then it was 81-74. I think that's when they were struggling with popularity. I mean, I'm an offensive guy, obviously, so I love offense. The thing about the three, and I get that there are too many threes for some people, and they just don't want to turn into a long-distance you know, horse shootout, but to the degree that it has encouraged people to not people, multiple teams to really move the ball. When there's a lot of passing and it's high quality, that is when basketball gets more fun. Oh, I don't think there's any question. I, the, 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 the playoffs were disappointing for the Jazz at the end there, obviously, but the regular season was a hoot. Seeing that ball move like that, yeah. I don't know that I had more fun watching this team and all the years we've been doing this job and we watch all the games because it's a requirement – did I have more fun watching literally just the enjoyment of the beauty of the artful nature of the game than this season? And that one play uh, was in February, you know, where they threw the ball across court. Boyan Bogdanovich throws the behind-the-back jump pass to Donovan, who throws the baseball pass, hits Joe on the forehead, and Joe just catches in one motion and drains it. That was awesome. It was Cross awesome. Court, like and twice. at the end, you're thinking, Joe, this is an awesome highlight, but you got to make the shot. Yeah, you got to make the shot. You miss yeah. the shot, it's not a great highlight. No. And he drained it, and that was a great highlight. That was a sweet, sweet play. I actually like that more than the alley-oops and all, because all these guys can dunk. And that's just a product of their athletic ability. But this other stuff, Donovan with that one-handed pass that he does, I mean— I'm wondering if Joe can hit his fastball, tell you the truth, man, because he looks like he can chuck it. And so he might have a heck of an arm. He's whipping uh, a yeah. basketball yeah. versus a I baseball. I think he does have a heck of an arm. Yeah. The question is, can Joe just stick his bat out there and hit the ball? <laughs> well, it, And it, here's the thing. If he Donovan, throws it in the same plane every time, but if he throws it high, low, inside, right. outside, I don't know what kind of control he can have because he hasn't played the game in a good long while. And how much movement is there naturally. Right. right. Yeah. So that, that determines uh, whether he can touch it or not. Yeah, if he just times it and just sticks the bat out and wants to bunt it maybe, but that would be up to Donovan to move the ball. But he looks like he's an incredible athlete beyond basketball. And I believe that the greatest collection of athletes in the world are basketball players. You're not the only one who thinks that. And so why would I want to have restrictions on freedom of movement? Because these guys, they run and they're so graceful. Watching Paul George move, it's like a ballet. It's funny you mention that. I remember being a kid, and my dad was into sports, and my two brothers and I, we were all into sports. Mom was not. So she, she was into the arts. 
And I knew so, it. Yeah, right. So Barishnikov, <laughs> and you mentioned ballet. Barishnikov is his legendary, right? I think he defended. So he was uh, what's your face's boyfriend on Sex in the City. Okay, so, was it Sex and the City. What so was it before in? Well, they were doing both. It, true. So <laughs> long before that. Uh, and so he's doing an interview, and he blurts out, and this was awesome. He goes, "I love basketball." He says. Everything that we train to do, that we practice, they do. But we are scripted. And tiny. And they just do it. It's amazing. They do what we do, but they just do it. Whereas we rehearse and script and do the same thing over and over. This is when the ball goes up and they just react. Right. So don't restrict their movement. No, actually have more movement, as much movement as yeah. possible. That's what makes the game wonderful to watch. I think, anyway. Randy says all professional sports seem to be becoming more political and less athletic. I think it's more athletic than ever. Well, is he talking about emphasis? Rather than... I read uh, you every word he typed. So I took it as the emphasis. The emphasis is on politics versus the athletic. Ah, okay. Certainly athletes themselves... Are more athletic. Yes, but I don't... My instinct Bigger says guys he's moving talking faster. about the emphasis. Yeah. They're getting Giannis, more political. Oh, when I was watching the game the other night and Giannis was on the fast break, I, I was amazed. I wasn't going anywhere. And then access. This is a big one. Brian says, because I used to be able to watch in or listen to Hot Rod, one of the greatest to ever call a game. It was Stockton Malone and having just one of six or seven channels over the air. Yeah, but they were going to... Retire and die. It's okay. So, but does the fact that so many games have gone to cable and that prices some people out or For satellite? Sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He definitely. goes into that. The deal with DirecTV. Uh, yeah, I, you know. I don't discount that, man. I don't discount that at all. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's... Uh, <laughs> there's one more good one in here before we go to break. Uh, Scott says... You know, if there's all the hate for the NBA, just don't watch it. It's your choice. As my dad used to tell me when he heard me bash others, he would say, quote, I'm sure they think highly of you, too. Well, yeah, but we're asking why do you hate on it, and so they're responding. Yeah, obviously, if you don't like it, don't watch it. All right, DJ and PK, we're switching, switching gears from the NBA to the PGA Tour. The Open Championship is underway. Second round action. There are a lot of birdies. A new leader, Bob Casper, is coming up next to get us up to speed. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. I never thought Notre Dame would ever play the home game. It owes BYU. Be a reason. They're Notre Dame. They don't really have to. But they why'd they sign the contract in the first place? They're supposed to hold up your end of the deal. One time I went to Ocean City with a bunch of my friends. A bunch of people were walking by. And we got to change into our beach gear. And so a couple of the guys were holding towels up. All of a sudden, one of them dropped the towel. You're not holding up your end of the deal here. We held up the towel for you. Now Notre Dame is dropping the towel. And there BYU sits naked as can be. Oh, that was a long way to go to get there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would that that was pretty long way to go. But the point is, Notre Dame should live up to that deal. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio. You hear him and Brian Saturday mornings from 6 to 9 here on The Zone Sports Network. 
He's here for a Uinta Golf Open Championship update brought to you by Mountainland Supply, Zions Bank, Black Desert Resort, and get some guns and ammo. Bob, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. How many uh, how many hours are you into your day of golf watching already? You know, it's interesting. Yesterday, I um, I watched at eleven thirty when the first tee shot went off, and then I woke up again at two thirty and watched Jordan Speed tee off, and then I watched Tony Finau tee off at six, and then watched a whole bunch. So today. Um, I was kind of wiped out. I slept through. <laughs> Just got up at seven. So, that a kid. <laughs> it's not. It's not as crazy today. So, how much are conditions factoring in? Because you said yesterday the the morning group was yeah. able to put up bigger numbers than the afternoon group, and just watching yeah. it anyway seemed like they contributed attributed it to conditions to a degree. Yeah, it, it's it's all there's there, there's no bad weather right now. Um, the guys are wearing. Um, you know, short sleeves and, and it's, the sun's out. There's not a cloud in the sky. Um, there's just a little bit of a breeze, but not much. And um, because of that, the guys are able to hit and play this golf course a little bit a little bit better. Um, you know, you, you got Morikawa that shot six under today. Um, and uh, Jordan Speed currently out on the golf course, a couple under par through four holes. And uh, a lot better scores today. No doubt about it. So who is blowing your mind going low here, and how many of these uh, golfers are you thinking, yeah, that's that's what I expected out of you? Well, you know, there, there's some guys that I don't know, some guys from Europe that, that, are, that play, that are, that are playing some good golf. Um, but, I, I, you know, I just think overall, just, just the receptiveness of the golf course, being able to, to keep the ball more so in the fairway, being able to keep the ball a little bit closer to the flags, where um, in under normal conditions uh, things are a little bouncy, a little bit fiery, and and uh, you you know it's hard to you have to play the bounces you, and not uh, and not being able to just hit it at the flag and and hold it. The fairways are getting a little bit faster, but the greens still have a lot of moisture in them. And if the wind comes up, that'll change. It'll it'll dry everything out even more. But um, you know, uh, Tony, uh, I was I was really happy that he after making that double bogey yesterday on the final hole to shoot even par, um, he comes back with a four under uh, six, but, uh, 66 today. So, um, you know, he's currently tied for ninth. So it was good to see him get himself back into the mix also. So what do we start to think of Morikawa here? 24 years of age, doesn't turn uh-huh. 25 until February, and he's already got one, and he just looks like – He's going to be something. I'm hesitant to say it because it seems like we've said it about all these young guys who may not be as young anymore, but still young enough where they can really turn it on. So I'm wondering about him as far as where am I going? Because it looks like I can really go crazy, but I'm hesitant to do it. Well, uh, Colin Morikawa, the great thing about him is he is a phenomenal ball striker. Hits lots of fairways, hits lots of greens. Where his game lacks is his short game, uh, chipping and putting. And if he can putt just average on any given week, he's going to be in the mix uh, and he's going to have an opportunity to win. So, um, yes, he is young, but he's, uh, he's a very mature young as far as golf is concerned. 
um, and understand, understands his game extremely well. Um, and and you'll, you're, we're going to see him around for a long time. He's that good of a player, and he's that good of a ball striker. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, the interesting thing for him is, he, you know, in his first try at the PGA Championship, he won, as you mentioned. Now this is his first try in the Open Championship, and that's never been done. Uh, a win and a win for first-timers in both of those. So um, the last time uh, a first-timer won here at Royal St. George's was was uh, in 2003, and, um, and, and here he has a chance to duplicate that. But as I said, nobody's ever done a first time and a first time in uh, in the PGA in the Open Championship before. So you used the first pick on our draft on John Rahm, which worked out well for you uh, when he won the last major. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now he's sitting right near the projected uh, cut line. And you can't I, just you can't wait to gloat, can you? No, I, <laughs> I, I'm just curious if he has played because I haven't seen him play. Has he played poorly? Wait a minute, hold on a second. I hadn't thought about that. You're mm-hmm. right. That is a good idea. I should gloat. <laughs> Why didn't that come to me more quickly? Thanks for suggesting that. Um, I'm just welcome. curious if he's been a victim of some of that bad luck that you talked about that looms on this course, um, or if something's going on with his game and his swing, and this is just a bad week for him, and we should gloat. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if we talked about this, but he was he was asked um, if he was going to extend his um, his backswing because he swings mm-hmm. so short. Um, and he talked about when he was born, he was born with a club foot. And and this was the first time he's ever come out and said this, and they had to reconstruct his foot um, and basically his ankle and everything. And um, so he doesn't have a lot of mobility in his right right foot uh, and his right ankle. So um, he, has, he has figured out how to play the game of golf with a short swing to maximize out, that out, um, you know, uh, coming off a win in a major and and going into another major, you know, there's always there's always certain pressures as you've talked about and you talked about the other day, um, and you know, uh, yeah, he's he's only currently um, he's one over par, and and he's only just beginning his second round, and I you know I expect him to play well today. Um, the golf course is gettable. And I expect him probably to shoot by the end of the day, maybe three or four under par, and move himself back up uh, into the mix. But um, but yeah, you know, uh, golf golf is an interesting game. You don't have anybody else to rely upon. Um, you don't have a team. You you're just you know you're out there on your own, and you have to deal with all the pressures and everything that go along with being a major championship winner, the last one that was played, and. You know, maybe he's going through a little bit of that right now, but um, he's going to be okay. I think he's going to make the cut, and it's not going to be a problem. So what do you think the guys who are in contention, how far behind can they be tomorrow, and then how far behind can they be Sunday morning and still have a shot? Well, if uh, the conditions continue on like they are right now, um, and and they're expecting that. They're not expecting a lot of wind, a lot of rain, or anything like that at all. Um, if the conditions continue the way they are, um, 
you're going to have to you're going to have to you're going to have to move tomorrow to get yourself into position and i would think probably four to five shots back is probably as far as you can um as far as you can keep can be back today you know if you're if you're seven or eight starting the day and you shoot a good round and get yourself up up move up a little bit higher on the leaderboard then you're going to be okay but tomorrow's tomorrow's the big day tomorrow's moving day so if we were redrafting right now, knowing what you know, who would you who would you take first? Who do you really like? Is it Morikawa just because of the score and you like his game, or is it somebody else? Um, you know, I, I the guy I got on my third pick it was a guy that um, has been looking and smiling all week long because he feels so comfortable on uh, Lynx golf courses, and that's um, that's Jordan Spieth. Um, He's two under for the day and seven under for the tournament, only two back. And uh, PK, did you pick Louie? Who picked Louie? I, I picked him, and then you did not I, pick wa- him. I thought I'd wait to the third, and then DJ stole him <laughs> in the second. He had no idea. I don't even think he knew his name. And then I brought it up, and then he t- took him in the. He took him with the third round pick because I was going to take him. So he took him one before yeah, me because he's you know, he's that kind of guy. He knew he was my guy, and he goes in and he takes him anyway. So PK tried to weasel two picks with the same pick. He was absolutely on my list. He's yeah, not a right. long shot. Check the, first the odds. first time he's on your list just so happens to be the first time I He's on your him. list for the same reason. The odds on him are short. He's playing well, and he's comfortable there. Come on. There's the cat fight again. Come on! <laughs> Nobody's buying it. Everybody's buying it. Oh, so, okay, guys. So, you know, the great thing is, DJ, uh, you and I are going to – this could be interesting with us with Louie and Speed. Yeah. Or more you know, cow could uh, mess it up and it could all come down to strokes. I'm claiming Ostays in either way. So <laughs> You are not. <laughs> yes, I am. Well, you are claiming him. You're not going to get him. I gave him to you. You, you did him. not. <laughs> Who picked Kepka? I did. TK, did you pick Kepka? I did. Yeah, that's his first round pick. Mm-hmm. And DJ and Dustin Johnson? Uh, that was my second round pick. Oh, okay. So those guys are both at two under par. Yeah, we'll see what Anybody happens. Did you pick Thomas, Justin Thomas? I did, yeah. That's who PK oh, took okay. when he tried to take Uzheisen at the same time. Because I thought I could get him in the pick. third round because oh, okay. you guys weren't going to take him. And then you and thought, aha! It was more like, woo! And he didn't take my guy the way Bob oh, always it, takes I mean, the if guy I want. If he was your guy, you would have taken him in the second round. Nope. Shut up. Wanted DJ. You picked Fleetwood, and Fleetwood's at two under par too. Yeah, I, I wanted. I was deciding. I wanted to go with Foreigner, and I was deciding between Rose and Fleetwood. So I went with uh, yeah. Fleetwood because it's the first name of a band I like growing up. What the heck? <laughs> Are you serious? You go Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Can Love. we get a little rumors in there, Yak? We need some rumors. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I wanted to pick so a no, Foreigner. I, I, I kind of like mine. I've got Shoffley at even, and I've got. Uh, Spieth at seven under par, and uh, let me see who was my other one. Um, Rom, yeah, Rom, hmm. Rom at one over, yeah, right hmm. currently. So, so, so would I you? I like mine. Yeah, I can understand that. Would you rather yeah. play at St. George's or in St. George? Oh, I would rather play at St. George's, no doubt. <laughs> okay, how about free? I get free both. 
<laughs> now who's now who's rubbing in what, right? There it yeah. is. Trump card. So if I say I know you, can I get free? Um, you probably can't. Oh dang. I need free. Yeah. <laughs> Free's good. It is. Free, give me three. Yeah, it's one of my best things to acquire. If it's free, it's me. Yeah, okay. All yeah. right. See what happens. All right, Bob. So you and uh, you and Brian will be on Saturday morning, 6 to 9. Yep. Now, th- it's crazy here the first couple of days, but Saturday with the cut, when will the leaders go off on Saturday? Oh, they won't. Um, they'll, they'll be going off probably right around now. Um, okay. the, you know, 8, 8.30, something like that. Okay. So right Saturday, at the end of your on show. Saturday morning. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Saturday morning, wake up with Bob Casper, Brian Taylor, Real Golf Radio, right here on the Zone Sports Network. Bob, we will talk to you Monday, and there will be much gloating by someone. Yes, there will be. All right. Thanks, Bob. Okay, guys. Take care. Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio. David Locke, Utah Jazz Radio Voice, founder of the Lockdown Podcast Network, coming up at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the... The best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought you apart by Zero Res. When you get the carpets cleaned, it's never just clean. It's Zero Res clean. You won't have it any other way. Just $33 per room clean plus a fourth room free. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today by calling them at 801-288-9376 or schedule online by searching for Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. Question of the day, why do people hate on the NBA? And we've had a long list. And Dan runs down most of them. Bad basketball mixed with several other factors. Politics shoved down my throat. Flopping galore. Players run the league, not the ownership or the NBA. Old college football games on YouTube are more enjoyable. (laughs) If your team wins, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I can buy that. Uh, <laughs> flopping galore. Is that we've talked it's been cleaned up dramatically. No, really? I don't think so. I feel uh, like it's I, making a comeback. Well, that means that it had to have dropped in order to I make agree a comeback. With that. I agree with that. It was cleaned up dramatically. Well, I don't feel like it is anymore. Of course you agree with that because you just made that point. You agree with yourself. I agree with you that no, I agree with you that it was cleaned up. You said, "Well, that means it was." I'm like, "You're right. Well, I, it was cleaned right, up, but it's making a comeback." Making, nah, I don't think so. I mean, I think that that's been around forever. Selling a coal. The outfielder dives. It's a short hop, and he holds his glove up. I got it. Yeah. Now they got replay, but yeah. we understand that. Uh, so that's stuff. That's gamesmanship. What the problem with the flopping is when they call it, because if you flop and they don't call it, then you just gave the offensive guy a distinct advantage. So flop away. So the flopping isn't the issue. It's when it's called, 
Because I would prefer, if I get down, get an offensive rebound, little pump fake, and nudge you, and you fall down like you've been shot, well, now I got an easy shot right underneath the hoop. Flop all you want, but don't call it. That's the problem. Crowder got the call. The slightest of touches, and he staggered out to I mean, midcourt. This, this is that was basketball, nothing. man. It is that so hard nothing. to officiate. We're I making agree. a big deal on Booker. Do we review every single foul call on Booker to make sure that was... Nobody remembers anything. They just remember that sixth right. foul that wasn't called. The third foul could have been totally ticky-tack. Yeah, but we don't have, we have no we don't idea. Remember. Right. So that's why you can't get into the officiating unless it's literally the last play of the game. And even then, go back and forth. (laughs) Because they say, well, if a foul is a foul in the first quarter, then it should be late in the game. Okay. But if a blown call in the first first quarter has just as much weight as a blown call in the end of the game. But we never hear that. We always hear if it's a foul in the first, it should be a foul in the fourth. fourth. Right. Meaning it has an impact. Well, then a blown call in the first quarter has just as much impact. It doesn't, but that's the theory. That is the theory. The thing is, there's always time for a makeup call when you blow a call in the first quarter. But, but when you blow a call with 30 seconds to go. But that doesn't matter. That's not mm-hmm. the point they're making. I know. It's cockamamie, and you know it. Cock-a-mamie. And you know how much I hate cockamamie. Ed says, because the horrible, all caps, horrible officiating that caters, all caps, to certain players. Star treatment. There's a lot of comments through here about star treatment. See, that's where I've accepted that it is an entertainment-based... And that your star player gets calls, too. Entity. It is about entertainment. That, and I have that in my mind, and I know it's about entertainment. So I'm going to have to go with some of that stuff. Brian says he's uh, hating on the NBA because it's soft. There's no defense. Of course, that's any sports today. Mm. Right. It's entertainment and people like offense. You mean to tell me U of U doesn't play defense? <laughs> you be the one to tell him because hey, I'm not hey Kyle you don't play defense run duck two things you don't play defense and you're soft <laughs> two conversations you'll never have with Kyle and then you turn and run yeah if I'm on the phone maybe in another time zone undisclosed location wait till he goes to Hawaii and doesn't in want to come back protection <laughs> That's what I said yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Because of the proliferation of offense, when we have defense and we have defensive stops, they become so much more dramatic. And anytime now there's a fourth and one, fourth and two, you feel the surge going through the crowd. The buzz. It's there. This is a big play, man. Everybody gets way excited. And that is why, despite all the predictions a half century ago that were wrong, TV didn't, didn't finish off live sports, didn't wreck it, didn't kill it. When Not you're at a game and the buzz goes through the crowd because something big happens, and that doesn't matter, high school, college, pro. It's fun. Everybody there realizes something big's happening at the same time. It's about to happen, yep. one way or the other. Here we it's, go. It's a major moment of change, either way. Which way is it going to go? I don't know. Not sure. How's it going to play out? 
It's fun, especially in football. You can have a dude jump offside, uh, the, the ball, uh, the, the quarterback pulls away a second too early, whatever it might be, and, and then everything's blown up. Or the handoff isn't exactly in the gut. It's a little higher in the chest, and he doesn't uh, – the exchange isn't there, and all sorts of stuff. That's what makes it dramatic. It makes it fun for me as a viewer, as a media member. That's why I love it. Sean says, here's an unpopular opinion. The younger generation is less interested in watching sports. Mm, okay. It's just a cultural shift. Maybe some, yeah. Yeah, I think but it I is. Mean, I think there's some truth to that. Okay, but I watched the All-Star game tonight. It's packed. Mm-hmm. I watched the home run hitting thing. It's packed. Right. There's still enough people. You go to your, uh, when, when RSL comes back, there'll be 20,000 people there. You know, it's not widespread. It's not the most popular but there's, but there's enough, still enough. There's enough folks. There was that a. It uh, there was a. Uh, and I'm blanking on the guy's name. There was a guy who was an executive with the Utah Grizzlies before they moved out to the E Center. They were playing, uh, sharing the building with the Jazz, and and he said that he's like everybody says it's a basketball town. He says at that point there's two or two and a half million people, whatever it was. He says, it's two and a half million people. I need ten thousand. It's not. He says, I'm, I'm not in the illusion that this is going to be more popular than the Jazz. We just need 10,000 people. Right. right. And then the Grizzlies are here 20 years later. You find, you find your niche, and then you try to grow your niche. Yeah. All right, we got more people weighing in. We can get your responses coming up. Why are you hating on the NBA? We'll get to that next. David Locke, bumping back, Yock. Needs a few minutes. 930. David Locke at 930. Stay with us on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.